0: their debt numbers and they get so overwhelmed. And they think, I don't make enough money. I'll never pay this off. So let's focus on something else. Let's focus on what you can control right now. That's yourself and the income that you have currently. And I am a hundred percent believer that anyone, no matter their income or financial situation, can find a life of financial fulfillment and make progress where they are currently. Welcome to the Journey to Launch Podcast,
1: with your host, Jamila Suffrant.
0: As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you
1: get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the Journey to Launch to financial freedom in in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Journey to Launch is supported by First Republic Bank. Relationships really matter in your life journey and financial journey. A lot of banks have great offers to attract new clients, but what about their existing clients? First Republic is always focused on creating and nurturing long-term relationships, devising strategies, not tactics, and master plans, not transactions. That's why every client gets their own personal banker a single point of contact to call, text, or email at any time for any reason. I love that I feel valued and supported as a First Republic client long after I've already opened up my account. They value their customers and it shows. First Republic calls it banking beyond the offer. And it's part of their commitment to extraordinary service. Isn't it time to discover what a long-term banking relationship can do for you? Visit firstrepublic.com today to learn more. That's firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. If you want the episode show notes for this episode, go to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this episode. In the show notes, you'll get the transcribed version of the conversation, the links that we mentioned, and so much more. Hey, Journeyers. So I'm really excited to be welcoming this return guest back on the podcast. I have Kamiko Love, a.k.a. The Budget Mom. Kamiko was previously on episode 168 of the Journey to Launch podcast, where she shared her amazing debt payoff story, buying her dream home in cash. That's right, in cash. And she has literally millions of people who follow her and watch her and are inspired by her just amazing way that she manages money. She now has a new book coming out called my money, my way. By the time this episode drops, it should be in store. So I can't wait for people to be reacquainted with your story, Kamiko, and learn more and that we just catch up. So welcome back to the podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: So for those of you who have not heard about Kamiko, I do want her just to like give a brief overview of her story because it's pretty incredible the way that Kamiko manages her money and she shares everything online in terms of how she does that. And her debt payoff story. So Kamiko, can you just like quickly give us a run through of how you got in debt and how you were able to pay that off as a single mom?
0: Yeah, so my first experience with debt actually happened in 2011. And that's when I got my first student loan bill in the mail. It's funny, because when you're going through college and you're taking out financial aid and they're getting you a check, you don't really think about how that affects the future you. And that was really my first experience with accumulated debt. When my son was born, and there was other, of course, other life things that happened in my life from, you know, my severe motorcycle accident where I didn't have motorcycle insurance or medical insurance to going through a divorce and feeling a lot of negative emotions when it came to, you know, being a mom and the the mom that I thought I was and, and going through that divorce, which also caused me to overspend. All of that got me into debt, but when it comes to paying it off, that really big aha life-changing moment was the day my son was born. It's like all of a sudden, you go from only wanting to be better with your finances to needing to, right? I had a, a, a little boy that was depending on me and that really changed everything for me. So I started experimenting, I literally tried every budgeting method out there known to man, and none of them worked for me. I fell short every month. I found myself more confused than when I started. I wasn't able to stick to what I wrote down on paper. It was very frustrating. But because it was no longer just a want, it was a need to really learn how to manage my money and manage it well, I stopped with the mindset of, I can't do this. And instead, I I started with a new mindset of, okay, this isn't working, let's figure out why. What the heck is happening here? What I recognized was that I was blindly following all these steps, doing all this robot work because I was being told that's what I had to do instead of focusing on myself and what really works for me. And that's how the budget by paycheck method was born. And that's what I used throughout my entire financial journey when it comes to paying off debt, I started where everyone starts. I started by making small payments, 20, 25 dollars, whatever I could do. I actually found extra income and that's really hard to do. I know as a single mom because it's more expensive for you to go out and get additional daycare than it is for you to go out, you know, and stay home. So, for me, I had to find a way to earn extra income to pay off my debt faster and For me, that looked like I got into the real estate business taking real estate photography on the weekend. I would pack my one-year-old son on my hip, and off we went. No daycare. I didn't need any extra daycare. It was just like this side hustle. That was my first experience of making additional payments on my debt beyond the minimum. As I started sharing my debt payoff story online, my business grew. At that time, I didn't know it could be a business, right? I didn't know you could make money being on the internet. I had no, no idea. You know, my business was started very unintentionally, but as I started sharing my story, I had more and more women reach out to me and say, I want to use that. What are you using in your life? It seems very helpful. And I started selling my budget by paycheck workbook and my business has had grown tremendously during that time. And I was able to throw more and more money, but not only that, yes, yes. Being able to make larger payments as an entrepreneur and making money off a side hustle was really important, but was what's even more important that was, by the time I started making extra income in my business, I learned how to manage the money that I already had, right? Anyone can go out and get, get cut a million-dollar check, but they could also turn around and spend that in 10 minutes. So I was lucky in the fact that I learned how to properly manage the money that I did have before being blessed with this business and being able to make additional payments.
1: Yeah. And so one of the things I know that you talk about, you had this in your book, you said more money isn't a problem, more strategy is, or more money is not going to solve your problem. And I think we should stay there a little bit in terms of like why that's so important, because I know a lot of people listening, they may not be at the level that you are in terms of the income or your business doing so well to have the additional income to pay for like off their debt or to invest. And they're like literally like still maybe at minimum wage or not making a lot. And they're like, well, that, that they can say to both of us, that's easy for you right now that you said that. But you just shared that even before you had the money, like you were really intentional about it. And what I really love about following your Instagram and your page is that even though you're doing well for yourself, like you still have the mentality that you had when you weren't because you're literally tracking every dollar. So let's talk about that for the people who are saying, well, like, I don't have a lot of money. Like, what's the point? When I get more money, then I can do better. Let's stay there for a little bit.
0: Okay, let me say this right now. I started my financial journey as a single mom making $24,000 a year, okay? I was sitting there in a 500-square-foot apartment making the decision, do I keep my lights on or do I put food on the table? So I know exactly where a lot of people, a lot of women are starting, especially single moms. And what I have to say is this, your circumstances do not dictate how big you are allowed to dream. If you want something different for yourself, you have it in you to absolutely reach whatever goal you're wanting to reach. That said, like you said, even now I'm a lot more privileged, I'm a lot more blessed, right? I have, My financial situation is very different. But what was the most important, yes, paying off my debt was important, buying my dream house in cash was important, but I always say the most important thing about my journey is all of the amazing things I learned along the way. And I'm not just talking about money here. I'm talking about myself. The things that I learned about myself, the hard questions that I finally had the courage to answer honestly about what was happening, why I was spending the money that I was, why I was out there swiping a credit card, knowing in my heart and gut I could not even afford the minimum payments. All of these things come down and boil down to one thing, one common denominator. This journey that you are on, and if you are here listening to this podcast, it starts and ends with you. People look at their debt numbers and they get so overwhelmed and they think, I don't make enough money. I'll never pay this off. So let's focus on something else. Let's focus on what you can control right now. That's yourself and the income that you have currently. And I am 100% believer that anyone, no matter their income or financial situation, can find a life of financial fulfillment and make progress where they are currently.
1: You talked about questions that you were finally brave enough to answer for yourself. What were some of those questions or rather, what were the answers that you found when you really dug deep?
0: Okay. Yeah. So I mentioned a story in, in my brand new book, my money, my way, where I was standing in H and M now, th- this is what I call like a slap in the face moment. Okay. It's very hard, <laughs> but I was standing in the H and M line, literally new clothes, all this stuff that I, I was going to buy. And I, I went to the mall as, with an excuse of, as a, as a mom that stressed out, I need me time, right? I was going to go do some window shopping. Of course, I ended up in a completely different place. I ended up in the H&M line. <laughs> but I had all these new clothes, for, literally from my arm all the way up to the top of my head. And then when I was standing in the checkout line, there was a mom and daughter behind me. And the daughter asked the mom for her credit card. And in that moment, so many things were brought up for me. Like I remember as a kid going back to school shopping with my mom and my mom giving me her credit card, like, okay, JC Penney's, I remember this very specifically as a childhood memory. But in that moment, I'm looking down at all this stuff and the realization of I can't afford this the money is not in my checking account, okay? I know full, full stop, I am going to that checkout line. I'm going to be using my credit card. I'll figure it out, pay it off later. But it made me ask, why am I here right now specifically in this checkout line with these very specific things in my hands? That led to the self-discovery that I did not feel comfortable in my own skin, I would never felt like I fit in. I never liked the way that I looked. And so what I did is I went out and spent money on all these clothes, hoping that fixing my outside appearance would fix what was happening on the inside. For me, clothing and the way you looked was everything. I I thought that was a representation of who the person was. Not only that, their status, how well they were doing, right? This facade, this mask of everything's okay, even though I'm screaming on the inside. And that's what I, that was my band aid clothing and beauty appointments and all these things. And yeah, I had to ask myself, like, why these specific things? And they all had to do with my outside appearance. Not only, the person i was that looked back at me in the mirror but how other perceived me as well and so it took me 4 years to say out loud that the reason i overspend is because i do not like the way that i look i do not feel like i fit in i do not like the person who's looking back at me in the mirror and For some people like, well, that's really easy to say. It's not easy. It's not an, for me, it was not an easy thing to admit and say out loud. And it took a long time for me to come to terms with that discovery about myself.
1: Hmm. So after realizing that this is at the start of your debt payoff journey. Yes. How did you come to terms and stop that behavior to where you are now? Like what were the things that you could, you worked on internally that could potentially help someone else listening?
0: It starts with self-work. I call it the hard work. So to combat my shopping problems, I went an entire year without buying any new clothes. Whoa, what a game changer. Because it made me recognize, when I go up and went into my closet, I had all these clothes with tags still on them. And I realized I didn't buy things because I liked them or valued them or they brought me joy. I bought them because... Everyone else was buying them or because they were on sale. So I was the type of person, like when I saw a shirt for $3.99, I bought it in every color possible. I would wear one color and either it would go kaput on me and it would like unravel within a week. And then I would leave all the other colors in my closet with the tags still on them. And this was a pattern I recognized when I was forced to wear the clothes that I already had and to recognize holy crap, the articles of clothing that were still in my closet with the tags to all of them, which was like 55% of my closet. I forced myself into an uncomfortable zone of not buying new clothes. And instead of the trigger and then what happened afterward, the spending on clothing, I found a new hobby that I could enjoy in my life. I became a long distance runner. And I always say long distance running saved my life. And the reason I say that is because it taught me that I could bring something that brought me true joy and I could replace it with maybe a bad habit that I was falling back on as a band aid. So, not only did I do no clothes for New Year, I found a new hobby that I could then, you know, when I was feeling sad, depressed, guilty, I had shame, I, I was having a bad day, my son was stressing me out. Okay, we've all been here as a single mom. Instead of giving myself the excuse of, I'm going to the mall for some me time, I would put on a pair of running shoes and I would go for a run. It's absolutely free, but oh my gosh, psychologically and mentally, how therapeutic that was for me. Also, after that, I had to do something very difficult. I had to embrace my natural self. What I mean by that is I had to get rid of the tanning appointment, the lash appointments, the eyebrow appointments, the nail appointments, my hair salon appointments. I stopped. And instead, I started focusing on loving who I naturally was. So we all get to the point where we look in the, in the mirror and we're like, gosh, my natural skin looks horrible. I'm going to put on some makeup today. Not, that's not what I did. Instead, I said, you know what? This is who I really am. And I love myself no matter the flaws. It's literally like these affirmations. And I had to look at myself in the mirror while I was doing this, right? I had to really look at that reflection of the person I was talking to. So I did. I got rid of all of my beauty appointments, all of this. And I started focusing on learning to love myself in the way that God made me. When I started doing that, there's a bunch of things that I've discovered that I love about myself. And those are the things that I focused on. And that's really what built up my confidence and the ability to be able to say, you know what, I love the person that's looking back at me.
1: Wow. Okay. So those are s- such practical things that anyone or can think through what they can do. But I love that you talked about channeling. Your energy, like when you felt like that impulse to go shopping to do something else. I think anyone right now, maybe if they can dig deep and see, like, wow, this is a pattern or a negative behavior that is not helping me reach my goals, what is something else that I can do to help switch that out is amazing. The other thing, you know, as you were talking about like loving your natural self. And embracing like not getting your hair done or your nails done, eyelashes, all that. And I just feel like we live, it's it's such a mixed message society that we live in. I mean, you know, I think just ultimately we are taught as women we need to look a certain way and have to, to be something or be more, right? But I find that it's almost like when I first got into like the personal finance space and learning about this stuff, like I wasn't into that. It was about spending less and I was fine with that. And I find that depending on where you are in your journey or how secure you feel, right, like you get this messages now that, you know what, you should treat yourself because, you know, we have been oppressed or sold messages that we can't enjoy the things that we like. Because someone may be listening and saying, I like getting my nails done. And like, it's not maybe from a place of I don't like self-loathing. It's from a place of this makes me feel good. So how does one distinguish and like really uh, lead into the things that like they do love the femininity things like most of those things thank god like i'm not into because then i would spend a lot more money so part of it is i'm just like lazy so i get to save money that way it's like i don't want to go to the salon so you know but for some women it's a big part of their life and they don't want it to be taken away so how does someone reconcile like it's their self-worth they deserve versus stripping away all of that you know
0: Yes, I totally understand that. So let me say right now, first first and foremost, I am wearing eyelash extensions right now, okay? Okay, so I will just say that right now. But here's the thing, in order for me to understand, truly discover the underlying reasons that were affecting my bad spending, I had to strip it all away and start at the beginning, okay? Now this was in the beginning of my journey, right? Since then, and by the way, I was spending on all of these appearance type things for all of the wrong reasons. Not because it brought me joy, but because I felt this made me look better, (laughs) okay? I was doing it for the wrong reasons and it was affecting my budget in the wrong ways. And at that time, I hadn't learned how to properly plan and prepare for spending on things that bring me value and joy in my life. It was on a whim, it was I do not care if I go into debt for this, I need this and I need it now because it is my band-aid. Since then, I budget, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see in my beauty budget category, I budget for my eyelash extensions and something else that I value and really prioritize in my life, tipping. Okay, I tip very well for the services that I I do go to and that's important to me and because it's a value, I put it in my budget. But what I meant when I said I had to get rid of all that in the beginning is because one it wasn't I wasn't spending for the right reasons and two I had to strip away every layer to get to the true cause of my spending and that for me meant getting rid of all
1: of these things I was spending to create this band aid in my life. Mm. And it's important that we talk about like, it's just a lot of this is temporary or in the season or for the season to get you to the next level. So if you're at a place where you know, you're not reaching the goals you're setting for yourself, you're in debt you can't get out of, and you also are enjoying and indulging a bit in life. It's not to say that you don't deserve or can't ever have those things. It's about set that maybe a time period That you're gonna challenge yourself. So I like, you know, you had like a no-spending year, but I I also say for people, like, okay, even if it's a no-spend week, right? If you really feel like you need to make a change and you're not making that change, then do something more radical. And again, don't think of it as long-term, I'll never be able to enjoy my favorite things again, but challenge yourself in a way because once you strip those things out, then you can see, okay, what do I put back in? What is serving me? And how can I plan for those things in the future? So I love that.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the hardest things, and it's gonna sound silly, one of the hardest questions I had to ask myself, what makes me happy? For a really long time, I didn't even know what made me happy, not as a mom, Not as a sister, not as a friend, not as a daughter, but as an individual, as a woman. I literally could not tell you the activities that made me happy. This was such a self-discovery journey because the reason why that question is so important is because we spend money on the things that we value and bring us joy and we spend less on the things that do not do those things for us. But if you can't distinguish between the two, it's gonna be very hard to accomplish that goal in your life. So if you're sitting here with debt, if you're sitting here in a financial situation, you're like, I don't wanna live like this anymore. I know, I I want to live a different life, a better life. There's all these things that I see for myself and I'm not getting there. I'm not making the progress I want. Then it's time to strip away everything that you know to be true when it comes to yourself. Okay, we are getting down to the true essence of what you want to accomplish with your money. And to be able to do that, you have to understand and know yourself more than you have ever
1: imagined. What did you discover? What does make Kamiko happy?
0: Oh my gosh, I learned so many things. (laughs) I learned that... Not the materialistic things that I used to put a Band-Aid on to tell myself I was a good mom, all the things that I bought my son. But I learned that the small, intimate, quiet, behind-the-scenes moments with my child is what made me happy. Like, it's going to sound silly, but, like, the smile on his face, like when we're playing Legos upstairs, like when the sun's going down, or... Watching him do parkour and like waving, mom, come here, mom, come here. Those are the things that bring me this deep, it's so hard to explain this joy that you get from discovering these things. And like, I realized I'm a summer person. I love the sun. My favorite time is being out on a paddleboard with a Red Bull watching the sun go down at the lake. You know, reading a good magazine while I'm sitting in a beach chair. These things are the things that I learned about myself. But not only that, like, I learned I cannot live without, and I absolutely love, like, the nightly conversations I have with my mom. All these things, and all these, you can see, like, all these things that I'm saying, they don't cost a dime. You have to look at it as what are the things that bring me joy? I really positioned it as what are the experiences? The people that surround me, the people that I care about, the people that I love, what are the things that bring me joy that revolve around these people, these experiences, these memories? And the reason I get emotional talking about my son is because for such a long time, I thought that being a good mom meant that I only provided. And that, for me, I found that it's not just about providing, but it's about this relationship, this bond that we build with our children outside of just providing. Like my son will come to me and he'll be like, mom, you're my best friend. Or like he'll say, mom, I want to be like you when I grow up. It's a different perspective and it's a different way that I've approached happiness, joy, and value and determining what those truly mean to me.
1: And knowing that, so even though like most of that is free, like in terms of you don't have to pay for that to happen, it's more of too that you built a life in which you have the time and energy to make that happen. Absolutely. And I feel very similar in a way um, to you because I have three kids and I have the flexibility of being home, just being a bit more present or being able to pick them up from school or be here at least. And Even just, I love how they discover new things and I love being able to put them in activities that they enjoy doing, right? And not having to like worry about paying for it. A lot of that too, like if you realize, okay, if I spend money on this thing, that doesn't matter to me, that then prevents me from having the time because I either have to work to pay that back or I'm stressed about something so I don't even have the mental or emotional bandwidth to enjoy the moment. Like that then allows you to change your behavior so that you are prioritizing, like you said, the time or the experiences with the people you love.
0: Yeah, and one of the first things I had to do when I started my financial journey was discover my why, my purpose for wanting to have a change, my purpose for being on this financial journey. And what I recognized and learned was my why is the ability to live life and seize opportunities with my son without relying on debt or someone else's money. And that encompasses a whole bunch of things. Like you said, the ability to have the time and freedom To really have memories and experiences watch my child grow up and be involved in that in every every way possible. This is what pushed me in the beginning and all throughout my journey and even today to get to a place where I could make my own schedule so I could be there for his parkour. So I could be there, you know, I have so many regrets building this business. There are so many things that I look back on and I, I wish I would have done different. You know, I miss my son's first steps. I missed his first words. I missed his first day of school. All this because I had not set any boundaries in my life when I was telling myself, I'm building this for something better. If I could go back and do this all again, yes, it was important that I was building this business because I was building for a better future for me and my kid, but I could have set boundaries. I could have said, work does not take over your life. It's not working 23 hours a day right? It's not hustle, hustle, grind, 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 grind all the time, which I did for six years. (laughs) And so I wish I would have set boundaries like, okay, five o'clock. It's going from the budget mom to mom mode, Kamika mode. That's another thing that I learned on a, to get into business really fast.
1: Yeah. I love that. Let's go there. No, we can, we can stay here for a bit because I think this is really important for women and working parents to understand.
0: Yeah. So I learned for a long time Kamiko Love and the budget mom were the same. Okay? I associated them as the same thing. But in reality, there's a Kamiko Love and then there's the budget mom. And when I was able to separate the two and say Kamiko it's the budget mom right now, and then you know what? Now it's Kamiko Love because what happened was I stopped focusing on the needs and wants of Kamiko Love and focused on only the needs and wants of The Budget Mom because my business is a little bit different. I am the face of my company, okay? I'm the one out there. I mean, The Budget Mom is was built on sharing my journey, sharing what it looks like for someone to have a real budget in their real life. And I do that by sharing my own real numbers. But in that process, I lost who I was as an individual. And this is what I t- I'm talking about with boundaries. Anytime you are maybe looking into going into the entrepreneurship road or route or even possibly having a side hustle that could turn into something more, a business, you have to realize that there is a distinguish between your business and who you are as a person. And there's needs and wants and values that are different for both.
1: Mm, yes. So, I know like hindsight is 2020 and looking back now, you feel that way. But do you think you would have reached or gotten to where you've gotten to without the grind and hard work and working overtime?
0: I think so, yes. Um, I, you know, when I say hustle and grind, there's a difference between grinding and hustling to a point where you are sacrificing your mental health and who you are as a person, versus hustling and grinding for a different reasons and in in a different way, right? Oh gosh, my business was so chaotic in the very beginning when I look back. (laughs) I mean, we truly took it day by day, and I do think that we could still reach the level of success and where we are today if I still put boundaries on what it meant to hustle and grind.
1: Mm, right. If you defined it, no, it's good to know because it's like sometimes you can look back and be like, "Well, like if I did, I, I should have did this differently." But then would that have taken you on a different route? And maybe that route it still could have took you to us sitting here today talking about your new book, right? But it could have been in, in a more in a way that just was more fulfilling. So I don't, yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of uh, journeyers who listen who want to build a business. Who want to make money like outside of their job, or even there, they have nine to fives and they're not nine to fives, they're like nine to nines that are demanding. And because they have these external financial goals that we talk, we both talk about, they're like working hard to reach them. But one of the things that we we talked about quickly before we press record was this idea of financial fulfillment. And so I want you to explain what that is and how we can start to measure our success on this journey with that internal metric or no metric, but a feeling versus like the numbers,
0: right? Yeah. So the whole goal of my brand new book, my money, my way is I hope that every reader of that book comes out with financial fulfillment and what that means to them. You know, I wrote this book because I felt like I needed to say something. And it really stemmed from, I noticed so many people out there blindly following these financial steps and processes, but not truly understanding why they were doing that. And without defining success and the value for themselves. So financial fulfillment happens when we take a deeper look at the thing that this all starts with, you, yourself, and it ends with you and yourself. Financial fulfillment is three different things. It's clarity, stability, and confidence. So financial stability is having options in your life. And the reason this is so important is because a lot of the times when we are blindly following someone else's steps or like you have to do do it exactly this way, okay, one through 10, you cannot deviate from this plan. What happens is, is We do not give ourselves the proper financial options in our lives that is personal to our own situations. So financial options, what I mean by giving you an example. For a long time, I was told I need an emergency fund, okay? The only thing I was supposed to have was an emergency fund for unexpected expenses. But here's what happened. There were things in my life that would pop up that weren't emergencies, but they were unplanned and unexpected. And because my emergency fund was the only option I gave myself outside of my credit card and my extremely tight budget, I was forced to use my emergency fund. And before I even established an emergency fund, my only option was debt. Do you see how you're backed into a corner based on the financial options that you give yourself? So financial stability, the ability and freedom to have options in your lives when it comes to the way that you manage and spend your money. Number two, financial clarity. This comes down to answering that very important question, what the heck are you trying to accomplish with your money? And not only that, how do you define success and value in your life? I feel like if people truly, honestly understood this about themselves, their financial plan will will write itself. And a plan written by you, for you, is a plan that is meant to succeed. Instead of depending on someone else to give you the answers, you are now going full force on a financial plan that you have built based on the things that you value and you care about and what you are trying to accomplish with your money, which is the most important thing. And then all of a sudden, this self-comparison trap that we find ourselves in, like, oh, she paid off $5,000 in debt this month. Why can't I, why aren't I doing that? I must not be doing as good as her. I'm not succeeding the way I should be. I'm not, you know, you start doubting yourself. You start with all these negative thoughts that run through your head. All of a sudden, those disappear because it no longer matters what everyone else is doing because you have defined what you are working toward and what matters to you. And you will clearly see when that happens and this plan writes itself, you go in with so much financial confidence that you are making the right decisions for yourself that it does not matter. Other people's opinions, other people's journey, it does not matter. Instead, we use them for inspiration and motivation. And then financial clarity. We talked a little bit about financial confidence. That's the ability to say and walk with your head held high that you are making the right decisions for you. And so I really do think that those three things, anyone, anyone can accomplish no matter their financial situation and circumstance. The thing about my new book, My Money, My Way, and this foundation of financial fulfillment, and it truly is a foundation, I give you the foundation to be the most successful that you can be based on who you are as a person, but it's up to you to do the building. I don't want to give you all the answers because it is not my job and it will not be the best for you if I answer for you or if I give you all the options. All of these things that you have to answer and really build for yourself you are the person that knows that. No one in the world can give you those answers. And so that's really what financial fulfillment is about.
1: Yeah, you're so passionate. I love it Kariko because this is you can you can I can feel it through the microphone how passionate you are about this and how you really care And I gotta say like I've done a lot of interviews and it really comes down to and people who have been really successful on their path to whatever like goal they've set. And ultimately it all comes down to knowing thyself and like the internal work, like the external work is important, but it's that internal work and really figuring out the right questions that you should ask yourself and being brave enough to do that and being brave enough to answer them honestly, because I think a lot of us, including myself, sometimes like it may, it it may not always be financially related, but you know, there's something that you're not, you don't even want to think about because you don't want to go down that like thinking path. I just feel like it all stems like from the internal work. And there are questions I was saying that sometimes we don't want to like go down like that path. And I just also feel like it's important to note that the journey is for me and most people never ending. Because one of the last questions I want to ask you before we wrap up and tell everyone where they can get your book is, like I said, I'm inspired that you continue to be as diligent as you are with your budget. And I want to understand and know for you, like, what is the ultimate goal for yourself? Like, what other financial goals are you looking to achieve? Do you feel like yourself, you've reached the fulfillment level that you you need or want? And how much more of this are you going, you know, like in terms of the budget, mom, in terms of like, the way you kind of show your your life financially online, like for you, what is that like, end goal? Or is there not one is just continuous for you?
0: Yeah, so you know, it's funny, in my book, I I mentioned that So many of us start this financial journey saying to myself, if I could just do this, then I will have made it, right? If I can just pay off my debt, then I have made it. And here's what I've learned. And I talk about in the book that this end finish line that we're all kind of quietly searching for, it's not there. That's the truth. There is no finish line for what the journey that we're on. And what I mean by that is as long as there is money in our lives, we are spending it, we are earning it, we are managing it, all of us will be on this financial journey including me. Now, when I paid off, I was one of those persons, people that said if I could just pay off my debt, then all my dreams will come true. I can I could do all these things and it's true, you'll have more financial resources. But what will happen is you'll realize that you are now capable of having so much more. And when I say have, I don't mean more money, more income. I'm talking about other goals, internal goals that you want for yourself. Maybe it's, you know, more time with your children, being able to really travel with your children, maybe in retirement. Maybe it is to be a homeowner, right? There's other things that you start realizing that you deserve to have those things. And not only to deserve, but you are capable because look at everything else you have accomplished in your life, right? We hit one goal and we can look back and say, look what I did. Okay, that is very powerful, especially when you come from a place when you start saying, I'm not capable of anything. So for me, you know, you say that I'm so dedicated every day to work on my budget and I'm doing all these things. I will tell you right now, it's because I don't see it as work. I don't see it as a job. I don't see it as something that I hate or that I dread. I literally get so freaking excited about my finances to to actually see my budget and be like, I can put $5 in my $5 challenge jar today. I don't see it as me putting $5 in my $5 jar. I see it as, this is my chicken fund, okay? This is what I'm going to use to get my new chickens. I, I, for me, it's a different experience because I've, I have reached financial fulfillment in my life and I can see the bigger picture. I can see the things that bring me value, that bring me joy. And when I'm going towards those goals every day, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm making progress. Girl, I am making progress progress, even if it is just $5. And to me, that's worth getting excited about. That's what's worth me getting up every morning and working on my budget five to 10 minutes. Hey, it's five to 10 minutes every morning to reach financial success, the financial success I want to see in my life. That is so freaking worth it. I will tell you right now, some people are like, I don't got time to work, you know, 10 minutes on my budget every day. Well, I'll tell you right now, you prioritize the things that are important to you. And if living this life that you dream about is important to you, if fighting for the things that you want to change in your life is important to you, then five and 10 minutes is worth it.
1: More than worth it. Kamiko, oh my gosh, this was electrifying. Please tell everyone where they can find your book and more about you. So you can
0: find my book, you can um, find it at thebudgetmom.com forward slash my money, my way. And there's a bunch of other little goodies that you're gonna get with pre-ordering or now ordering the book since it'll be out by the time this um, podcast airs. You can find me at the mom on Instagram where I share all of my real numbers and what's happening in my life as far as my finances and I hope that motivates you supports you and encourages you to really find this level of financial fulfillment in your life and then if you really want the in depth you know sometimes funny cuz we have Ryan on the YouTube you can also find me at the budget mom on YouTube as well
1: yes and I will link all of that in the show notes and if you're not following her on Instagram you need to um, if you're listening to this or watching this if we put this video on YouTube tag us uh, let us know that you are watching by the way kamiko has over six hundred thousand followers on instagram okay so if you're not following her follow her and then tag us if you got something from this uh interview if you're going to buy her book we would love to know i'm at journey to launch and then kamiko of course is at the budget mom on instagram kamiko thank you so much oh this was so amazing
0: you that thank you so much for having me